Let's begin with a drum set. Listen for an explosive live sound. The snare should be crisp and the cymbals should ring. Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. 
Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Word up. The time is 7.59 a.m. We are, we are, we won't win it. We won. We're Scratch here. That's, I'm messing up. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's sip early. Sip it up. 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 So much easier to sip in the mug. I'm telling you. Um, we are one minute early. Now it's eight o'clock, but that's because we're woke, we're motivated, this, and we are ready. We are crushing the day. <laughs> and by we, I am taking uh, ownership of all all y'all crushing. We the hope day that you guys are doing uh, good this morning. Good morning to you guys. This is another episode. <clears throat> excuse me, of Jeanette Splaining on Good Morning Royal Second Largest City's First Daily News Podcast. Tracy Duran was good. Greg Ellsbury, Cheryl Brownell. Ben Geller. Look at all of you. And look at that. We're early and so is everybody else. Yeah. We're digging it. It's like rainy and grossed out and yet this city is ready to go. Norma Peterson. That's right. Word up. Okay. Great live audience. So I, we have a lot to talk about today but I want to give a quick shout out right now uh, because it's on my mind. I want to say a good morning to my new lawyer Ooh. um shouts out i got another lawyer but this is good it's, it's we we good you know what i'm saying this isn't like cases cases uh so shouts out to the new lawyer man we holding it down big big <laughs> stuff you know what i'm saying that's all we're gonna debut because this show while we uh highlight all positivity and activities that are positive legalese and most legal stuff isn't always positive, so we're not going to get bogged down in legalese today. But I just want to give a shout out to my lawyer, Mr. Halsley. Word. Okay. Lawyers, they're uh, you know if when you're when you when you when you run shit, man, your legal team, your accountants, like those are your two most important people, Oof. right? Oof. You gotta Law. make it happen. I mean, I gotta look at it again right. though. Bing. Like, <laughs> oh, that shit's that shit's sexy. Yeah. Just but, to be clear, we're not talking criminal proceedings here. We're talking like we're talking the, good like, stuff. Like the lawyer, like that you want to have doing the things, right. helping you make moves. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 so yeah. shouts out to the lawyers. Greg Ellsbury is here. Well, I said that already, but good morning to you. So we, uh, Monica, how you feeling? All right. All right. Good. 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 How are y'all? We are. Whew. Okay. I'm How was that. everybody's week? You can let us know in the chat with an emoji. If it was a good week, put a smiley face. If you had a rough week, put. What's the rough week emoji? Well, the poop emoji, I think. If it's really, if it's real. Yeah. Put whatever makes you feel <laughs> bad. If it's a spider, if it's put, a bat, you can put that in there. No, that's just, it's spooky season. Sandra Navarez. Because bats, bats are cool. Unless they're, you know, unless you're sleeping and they're like on your neck eating right. and giving you. Good morning, Sandra. And good morning to Anna Sierra as well. Bianca Camargo, what's really happening? Okay, so first things first that we got to talk about. Oh, there goes one. Ben put the smiley face. Hit the oh, clap for okay. Ben. Because Ben, uh, okay. he is, uh, yeah, hit the, yeah, good job, Ben. Good. Victoria Hyla Maldonado. Damn, everybody. 
Jennifer nice. Ryan Nathan we checking them. We had them a week of good week. We had, we're, having, we're having good weeks. We had a hell of a week. Just the emoji that resonates the most with you in this, this moment. This week. It could be anything but the eggplant, not the eggplant. Anything else. Yeah, this yeah. week was. <laughs> this week was Iwo Jima. That's what it was. It looked horrible. It started off, it was just all it was artillery, rough. it was trench warfare. But at the end of this week, it is iconic flag raising picture. That's I feel what that. it is. I feel that. Okay. Good morning to all the veterans out there too. Good morning all the way from San Antonio, Texas. Sandra Navarez checking it in. San Antonio. Yeehaw. Okay, Whitney Love. Oh, Whitney Love is here. Good morning, Whitney Love. This might just be all shouts out this morning. Damn, Whitney Love is hiring. We let people know that yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good. Okay, ladies, get your nails done. Go get a job. Go get a job. It's Friday, partay. Okay. It's a good time to go get a job right now. Now, uh, first things first, Jeanette, take us into uh, what we got to talk about in regards to... Um, not being able to talk about anything because the city has a real nasty habit of not actually posting nearly enough information for us to be able to report on things prior right. to them happening. You want me to talk about that? Okay, I would love to. So, mm -hmm. Transparency. And, yep. and transparency. It's one of my favorite uh, government bureaucrat watchwords. Um, and to be clear, I want to I be clear and say... Look, it's not just this city that has this habit. It is every city that I've ever encountered ever uh, in my long uh, bureaucratic slash journalist uh, like career, right? Is uh, when so prior to um, so the, the state of Illinois has all of these laws that relate to how much information you have to give people about when meetings are happening and what is happening at those meetings. Right? right. Uh, it's our Open Meetings Act law, and you have to post the agendas and stuff like that beforehand. Um, but uh, it's pretty limited. And so what can happen is, like, you will have a meeting, well, for example, this week's uh, finance committee meetings, uh, that um, where they post the agenda and they're just like, hey, we're going to spend this money uh, on New York Street. And that's, like, all it says, right? And right. there's no, like, backup, like, information. I can't read anything about it. So I don't know if I'm in favor of them spending this much money on doing this road project or not because there's no details. So um, this, uh, so so on top of that, we also have uh, this committee structure in um, in Aurora where uh, all of, everything that happens at the city council by the time an issue gets to city council is basically already decided, right? Mm -hmm. Because what's happened is. Uh, uh, earlier in the week or the week before, a, a committee got together, they talked about the issue in detail, and then it probably went to the Committee of the Whole, and they might have talked about it more in detail, and then uh, that's about the time that the newspaper is sitting there at the Committee of the Whole meeting, and then they write the thing, and then the article comes out like two days before the meeting, like before the City Council meeting, and then uh, by the time anyone in the public hears about it, it's at City Council, and if you are really angry about whatever the issue is, you show up at City Council, and you're and like almost guaranteed they're like well where were you when we were talking about this a month ago at the finance committee right. well I had no idea what was happening at the finance committee because the finance committee happens at 2 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon and I don't exactly like sit there and read through every agenda that is coming through my city's uh, website right like who does that nobody does that so right. like I don't do that and I you know pay attention to this stuff all the time because ain't nobody got time for that all the time that's like a lot of time so um, uh, 
So on top of that, we have this committee meeting that we like what used to make it more transparent was actually the pandemic. If there was one thing good to come out of the pandemic, aside from work from home, which was the best thing ever, uh, in in my humble opinion, if you're a work from home type person, uh, the most uh, the other thing that came out of it as bureaucrat was you like uh, we started live streaming all the meetings, right? Um, so you could sit at home and watch the meetings. Uh, the chat is lit. Yeah. Keep going, my bad. Okay. All right. Okay. Shit. That's okay. They're in the. They're in this. Are they Are they as outraged as me on the chat right now that they can't watch their finance committee meetings from home? Because what happened was I was like, I'd be really interested to watch this finance committee meeting. <laughs> I wonder if it is streaming, and I'm the only person in the world who's saying that, right? Uh, and. Um, uh, but it's not, they're not, they just kind of quietly stopped streaming them back in June. So uh, you could not watch, you'd have to go in person. Why'd they stop streaming them? Uh, that's a real good question. I simply uh, just called up the alderman's office and was like, hey, can I watch this online? And they're like, nah. I'm like, okay. I mean, they said it very politely, right? Like, they're like, no, we stopped streaming them back in June. And I said, okay. For no so, reason why they stopped streaming Yeah, them. I mean, well, so the fact, I mean, when it comes down to it, the the staff at the alderman's office is not in charge of making those decisions, right? So, like, I didn't want to hammer the poor, you know, whichever uh, delightfully polite secretary answered the phone. But, um the so they stop streaming them it's not uh onerous to stream these meetings right you just pop up a camera and you like click a couple buttons it's not it's not rocket science this could be done and i i'm a little disappointed that it's not happening uh anymore um so and i don't know how many people were watching these meetings and maybe that's like their argument is like well three people were watching them so really who cares but like uh, having that record um, and allowing people to see what decisions are getting made early enough, um, whether people actually watch them is almost beside the point. People should have the right, in my humble opinion, right. to watch them without uh, you know, having to rearrange their entire schedules and go to downtown Aurora to sit in person and watch a meeting that may or may not be relevant. So. With that in mind, here's what was on the Finance Committee uh, agenda this week. And of course, I didn't actually see what happened at the meeting. So we'll see what happens when it gets reported on by the time it gets to City Council in a couple weeks. Uh, but apparently, we're using some bonds from the state of Illinois, uh, some rebuild bonds to buy property and do something with the Farnsworth Bridge. Uh, and I would love to tell you more about it, but it didn't. Yep, I know. And you're thinking like, Wait, what? Farnsworth Bridge? Yeah, I don't like it's got it's probably the real the the big biggest one. Like a good chunk of Farnsworth actually like is a bridge down there, but um, yeah, the probably over the tracks. I would think the BNSF tracks is my guess, but it doesn't say. Um, and then because uh, technically there's another bridge that on Farnsworth that goes over I-88. So which bridge is it? I don't know. I assume the BNSF tracks because that's the one that's kind of the most jankety and in need of work. Um, so, uh, there's no, but there's no agenda details posted for it. And that's the other thing too. So when you talk about, uh, transparency prior to these meetings, if you go to a city council meeting before the city council meeting, they actually have to post this thing called the packet, uh, which is the agenda, but in addition to it, or they don't have to, but it's customary to do. I think maybe they have to do it. I don't know. So, um, the agenda will just be this really basic, like, 
uh, approving an item where we set aside a bunch of money for uh, the Farnsworth Bridge. And that's all it says. And then the, like that's all the information I can give you right now. But the packet will have all the other information. It'll have like, here's the map of the bridge and here's all the approvals that we got. And here's all, you know, here's the plan and here's who we're hiring. And here's all like all of that like background information that uh, reporters and everyone would want to know. But you don't get any of that until we get all the way up to city council. Because I know for a fact that some aldermen watch our show, of which I'm happy. Yes. Cheers I to those would aldermen. like to. I would like to plant a flag in the conversation and say that an easy way to stop such consternation, which was the word of the day yesterday. It's a good word. <laughs> would be to simply just. Go back to live streaming and having the shit out there. The more information easy. possible, the better. It's yep. just that simple. And to uh, and live streaming is probably a bit easier too than um, trying to assemble packets for every like right. every standing committee meeting. There is a time sink like cost to doing that, but it's if if documents are being provided to the um, council members, right, to the aldermen, they can be just as easily be provided. The interesting thing about it, too, like, I don't know, there's a part of me that believes that, you know, I don't, I'm not going to use Aurora for this example, but like, you know, sometimes one of the, like a great OSS thing Mm -hmm. was to, yeah, you, 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 you retract the availability of the information but you still have it so although we'll do it at 2 p.m. because nobody will be able to go don't mess around because your favorite radio host may just go there yeah we got a whole different life now we're not sitting behind no desk no more we are not don't don't think that at 1 45 p.m. yeah don't think that at 1 45 p.m. we will not come in there your your boy might run in there we have an intern now yeah for real Like it, it could happen. There is nothing that we can't touch. There's no meeting. There is no meeting <laughs> to, that we can't attend. At but, too obscure a time. But at the same time, though, um, at the but same time, though, I, I do believe that the transparency issue in this city doesn't need to get worse because it's not that bad now. I mean, yeah, and and what I do want to be clear about is that this is not a... a we got a lawyer, man. This he is, snapped! <laughs> Don't... You know what? I'm sorry. I'm He's sorry. very excited. Just look at it He's one more time. He's very excited. God. We got all the... We're, we're, going, we're going legit. Oprah! Yeah. <laughs> so, Oprah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's us and then Harpo Studios. That's the next step right here. Oh, man. Um, Joe Biden, can you feel me yet? <laughs> Not yet, right? Not yet. It's, li- it's little. Oh, boy. That's right. So. Anyway, back to our conversation on transparency. I want to say that, like, I'm not calling out and saying, like, oh, Aurora's doing a particularly crappy job of this. Right. I'm not saying that. I Like, all government agencies, small government agencies can do better at this issue. So uh, it's more of an encouragement to do better uh, through my voiced frustration. Also on the finance committee this week that I thought was really interesting and would love to know more information about is that the- Grace Cornell, what up? Good morning. Uh, Is that the city is planning to use $1.3 million of its motor fuel tax fund to pay for uh, snow removal. So like, you know, actually like buying the salt and paying the guys to go push the, the plows around. 
which like you can do, but generally you want to use the motor fuel tax funds for actually repairing the roads uh, as opposed to just keeping them clear, which is usually a part of the general fund expenditures in a lot of towns. Uh, just throwing that out there. Um, We'll be fascinated to see all of these things come through in stories in the paper uh, next week, week after, you know, when it gets to city council, it gets approved, and then there's nothing that anybody can do about it. Uh, Dora Sanchez Soto, <laughs> good morning. Mary Fultz is here, y'all. Good, good morning, morning, Mary Fultz. Casildo, Casey Cuevas, good morning to you. It's a pain to get details. You have to click on agenda details and item number of the click on item again, go through Legistar and to even get some details, but not all details, it's a pain. Uh -huh. No transparency until it's too late. Yes, older people get all the details. Yeah, and then, up. so, uh, and that's like, sometimes you are limited, yeah, like you've got a million clicks in a website, right? And having run the back end of these websites, uh, they are, like some systems are better than others and overhauling the whole system to make it more streamlined is is a big like expense and a huge task and you gotta retrain everybody and all of that all i'm asking for is like at least like put it there if i gotta click like five times through i can click five times through right but like just make it like put it there so that i can click all the way through so this afternoon there will be a special finance committee at 2 p.m to talk about the budget for uh the police department and the mayor's office before it actually gets to uh, the big budget discussion at committee of the whole and then event, and then to city council eventually. But again, no supporting documents, no live stream. So unless you have time to go to a meeting at two o'clock this afternoon on Friday, because who wants to do that? Uh, we, I guess we'll find out about it later. Um, yeah. The time is 8.17 a.m. Uh, Monica, if you would be so kind, take us to a commercial and give us a couple of the uh, local joints. Do it. And by local joints, I mean news. November 5th will be the first Friday for November, and friend of the show, Jose Pais, will be showcasing art titled For the Love of Frida at Charlie Silver Spoon Creamery, located at 6 East Downer Place. Shout out to our friend, Jose, and to Charlie's Creamery. The flyer will be shared on our social media. Tomorrow, Saturday, October 30th, from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., there will be a great and spooky Halloween party taking place at McCarty Mills, 140 South River Street. Food by Chef Alton, cup, Cupcakes by Anna's Custom Treats, Best Costume Contest, and a book launched by our friends Victoria, Jaila Maldonado, and Desalasi. That's what's up. Come on out and support our local friends. Tuesday, November 2nd, the Rotary Club of Aurora will host a blood drive from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. This will take place in the Holiday Inn Express and Suites Mobile Coach, 111 North Broadway next to the Aurora Transportation Center. Walk-ins are welcome, but making an appointment is always recommended. Every donor will save up to three lives. A mask and ID are required. For more information and to schedule a time, visit the link that I'll be sharing with you all in our chat, and the flyer will also be shared in our social media. Alrighty, so we have our YouTube channel, so I will be posting that link on our chat. So go ahead and subscribe and follow or whatever you do on YouTube. Uh, we also have Facebook and Instagram. Um, Good morning, Aurora should be our name.
<laughs> on on our social media. Oh yeah, word up. Yeah. Twitter, it is now officially. Yeah. Man, when the law works for you, holy cow! That's the thing. Like, yeah. I it never. This that's that's a first kind, in my life. It's kind like, of like bro, that moment when you stop. You work for me, bro. Right. It's kind of like that moment <laughs> when instead of like paying a bunch of interest on debt, you start making interest on your investments, and you're yeah. like, oh snap, this is so much better. Like, what life is lit <laughs> right now. Like my my faith in the justice system just went up, man. Like I'm, man, America. Okay. Uh, all right. So what's um, next? What do we got? There was a great article by Denise Crosby recently about downtown Aurora coming back to life. Yes, that she, she mentioned. Yes, yes, she uh, she she noticed that, uh, mm-hmm. which is great. Chop it up, and then I'm gonna read a couple of pieces from that uh, particular. Uh, yeah. So uh, basically, we just uh, profile uh, column column this week about uh, kind of all the things that are happening about um, the downtown uh, sort of re-emerging from our, our COVID slumber, and we've got some things uh, going on. Uh, we've got uh, there's a sign back out in front of uh, the Vargas Building, so apparently more. Laura on the river is going to make another attempt. We've got the new um, uh, Wickwood House is moving to a space that is twice its size uh, at Benton and River, right across the street from Society 57, my hangout. Uh, we've got uh, a whole whole bunch of stuff, and, and we also uh, uh, have uh, in, in the story uh, Denise... Crosby interviews uh, one of the new um, members of the economic development team here at the city, uh, and that uh, and she's talked about a bunch of her success. Uh, I guess uh, her name is L. She is from Wheaton originally, uh, interned in economic development. She's bringing a bunch of that talent over here, which is great, very exciting. Um, uh, and there's talk of now uh, how do we rebrand and recreate momentum and excitement for the downtown, which is all very exciting. But as someone who has been through rebranding campaigns for cities twice now, I can say, dear God, please, let's not do like a whole rebranding thing. Let's uh, concentrate on actually putting the businesses into the properties in downtown, right? Like the more you just get businesses all all clustered and actually do the work of the of economic development in, in that those hard terms of we're opening businesses and we're inviting people downtown to come see those businesses. That's the thing that like builds your brand, right? People coming and actually experiencing things physically in person, shopping in shops, drinking coffee in coffee shops and so on. So very excited. L. Whithall mm-hmm. spoke, um, <clears throat> excuse me, to um, our Denise Crosby. And there's a point in here that I wanted to uh, read about to you guys real quick. The time is now 8.22 a.m. Quote, realistically, we want five new quality businesses built out by next year that are focused on what the community wants in downtown Aurora. We have space to fill and we want to fill it with quality, intentional businesses that want to come here and succeed. And I've already got many lined up who are interested in doing just that. Uh, There certainly appears... Uh, that's the end of the quote, excuse me. There certainly appears to be plenty of activity going on downtown with more on the horizon. And I'm not just talking about the eight or so murals that have been created through the downtown area, including a 15-footer now being painted by internationally renowned artist Judith DeLue of Amsterdam. Uh, the historic Keystone Building, developed by Urban Equity Properties, now has apartments for rent and other landmarks 
like the Hobbs and Terminal buildings are currently under redevelopment after decades of being dark. Um, here's the thing about the Mora joint. Uh, so the, the article continues, and we'll put the chat in this, or I'll probably post it later for you guys. Uh, there are other positive signs. Literally, Mora Asian Fusion has a large green ad on the Galena Boulevard construction fence outside its currently closed facility, making sure the public knows of what's coming soon, in quotes. And it's four phases that also inc include Italian cuisine, a steakhouse, and a speakeasy. Now, I'm old enough to remember when... <laughs> it was supposed to be that was like before COVID it was going to yes. be the top joint was a deck you could watch the fireworks and all that now it's Italian and a steakhouse and a speakeasy they got more plans than they've ever been open I mean what is the that? Deal? that is true uh, uh, and I, I, I want I want to give them benefit of the doubt. It's I like do, a bad date. Where are we going tonight? I, I don't know where you want to eat. Where you want to eat? Wait, yeah. what the fuck is this? <laughs> what is this? I know. I will say this. It's been really disappointing during the pandemic because you've had some businesses that have opened, right, pre-pandemic who have done, like, who have, like, knocked themselves out trying to stay open in downtown Aurora regardless of, like, how much money they are hemorrhaging because they see it as this, uh, you know, um, duty to the community, right? To like push forward. And then you had businesses, particularly ones that got pretty significant incentives, some of them, that uh, as soon as everything shut down, they shut down and they still have not reopened, right? Still Boiling Socialist, still not reopened. Mora on the river. Uh, first of all, that building is rough to be putting a restaurant in. Like, I hope they do it because I want to see more restaurants, but man, that thing is because it's like right on the river. It tends to flood in the basement all the time. You got to redo putting in. Uh, new industrial kitchens and all of that stuff is crazy expensive like I hope it happens but so far all I have seen out there is pre-pandemic yes there was like a tent for a couple months or something like that and then and then it all went away and so I, I got invited to a really fly party out there one night it was dope um Alderman Franco was there it was really cool um, yeah, I don't. I don't want to talk smack because I want to see it happen. But also, like, it just seems is, are like we, are we doing just, this or what? It, <laughs> I mean, they got people. They got mad. Pe How is it that all the big joints that got all this PPP money to the tunes of hundreds of thousands to the low millions? And we're talking on the national scale here. They're right? closed. Yeah, and yet people are making tacos. Yeah, in their jeans and, and getting them off on the I, I just that is just crazy to me. Yeah, I, you know, there's some element of it too. And look, I've never been like a business owner on this such a big scale where like I've actually like owned or rented a property and all of that stuff, right? Like it's it's a whole it's a beast, and anybody who is attempting to do it is like uh, in impressive in my mind, right? Mm -hmm. But um, uh, sometimes and so, certain businesses lend themselves more to being able to stay open than others do, right? So if you've got if your entire business model is built around the Paramount uh, experience, right? Like it's a, it's a little bit different than the taco shop that you run into where you can probably run it on just a couple of people um, as opposed to like, you've got a really big restaurant, right? You're not running that on two people because you have your wait staff and you have your server staff and your, your, your wait staff and you've got your like entire like uh, chef staff, cook staff in back and then you've got your um, 
um, hosts and like your managers and all of that. Like it's a bigger operation. You can't really slim that down. And I would have been having steak bites on toothpicks outside. <laughs> Anybody, what y'all want? What you, what but, you want? You want a little cracked pepper on top of that, my man? Yeah, five so, bucks. Uh, so my my basic argument is that some businesses are a little bit more scalable than others, but I also but I definitely share in this like, are you serious? Your business got an awful lot of money from this city. Like I would really like to see it open yeah. now, please. No, we're not. Thank you. We're not. And and again, yeah, it's not hate. It's not. No, shouts out. I really shouts, want to see these places succeed. Shouts all the way out. As but far I'm kind as they of like, go. okay, succeed already. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, back up. it just is crazy. People who didn't get money still open. Some of them, yeah. People yeah. who got money, yeah, still closed. Close. That's just. It's not. It's not universal. There, there are definitely some businesses that are. That I bet if we would have gave, if I bet if we would have gave Greg Ellsbury two point three million dollars and told him to do something with it, he would have had. <laughs> It would yeah. have been disco fever. Yeah, so I want it's it's not universal because there are so many businesses that are open that did get that did get uh you know stimulus money from a variety of sources and and vice versa. Some they closed, they got money and all of that, right? But uh, but I would say it's not a great look at this point. Like the Paramount has reopened. Like if your business model is built around that, like let's go. What's, hap- what's happening? But guys? here's the good thing about here's the good thing, and and, and you guys know that. One of the many purposes of this show is for you <laughs> to be able to read between the lines and decipher. That's the word of the day, decipher. Decipher. To be able to decipher what is legitimate and what is not. So it goes on. While much will depend on the ability to hire enough staff for this seasonal kitchen and steakhouse, mm-hmm. labor shortage is an industry-wide problem. Mm-hmm. Owner Amy Morton is targeting the day after Thanksgiving for a brand new start. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Black the Friday. The day after Thanksgiving is on. Y'all can be out there with $20 martinis and all of that. Fancy. You know, super fancy. Yeah, as a vegetarian, I don't eat a lot of steaks. So I have not. I said I, martini. I, did, I know, but I'm saying, so like, but a steakhouse in general, like it hasn't been a huge draw, but I would go for the ridiculously overpriced okay. martini. Because if it's good, right? Like I am willing to drop way more money than anyone should drop on alcohol if it's like really a good experience. I'll be at Tavern on Broadway. That's where... That's where, or McCarty Mills, Man. if you want the fly drinks in town. I mean, yeah, I don't know about y'all. Well, so y'all do what you want have you to been, do. Have you been to the uh, French 75 yet? Oh, hold on a second. Scratch it up. Oh, yeah, I did. You know what? Yeah. We don't do that. Um, real quick. Can you take us into some breaking news, please? Like, oh, God. All right. Errol, MC, Ellen, good morning. Jen Mendoza's here. And I want to say congratulations to Jen Mendoza and the genesis, the inception, not the word of the day, the beginning. Decipher. Last night was the charter night for the Greater Fox Valley Area Kiwanis Club. So we can clap for that. Shouts out, big props and all that kind of stuff. That is what's up. Keep up the good work, Jen Mendoza. Greg Ellsbury says, Disco Duck and Mimosas. I like that. I like that. 
They were like, man, they're having fun in there. What's the name of that part? <laughs> the rich stay rich while the poor stay poor. Where do you think they get in their money? That's from our friend Josue. Dora says, preach. New small businesses had to let employees go during the holidays. Really heartbreaking. That's a fact, Dora. Thank you very much for bringing that up. What were, I mean, I, I had in different points in my life, I had to let employees go. I fired a lot of people. But I never had to fire an employee on a holiday because said business was not doing good or yeah, because of the there, there's that's, a difference. That's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, there's a there's a big difference between someone's like not not cutting it right, like they're not pulling, like maybe like this job maybe just isn't isn't for them right, and and having to let someone go who's a good employee who yeah right. I remember I fired this girl one time for stealing. I'm watching her on yeah, the camera. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> right? Watch her on the camera. And she's like, me? And it's like, you know, I can't tell her. I was, I was like, come on. You know, it's in your it's, it's in your little McDonald's purse. Okay. So the time is now 8.32 a.m. You're listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. This is another episode of Jeanette explaining this word of the say of the day is decipher. And... Um, you know, and and downtown's coming back, man. Let me tell, and and we we're official now. We're when the law works for you, it just <laughs> feels it's just a whole different. Oh, okay. Let's move on. So I want to plug in real quick that um. Friend of the show and friends of the show, the Aurora American Legion Post 84, the Roosevelt Post, Commander Mike Eckberg, who's a Navy veteran, just celebrated a birthday, uh, is a Vietnam-era veteran. They have initiated new programs to help veterans. It's called Peer Support. Uh, the idea of it is that those with uh, similar life experiences can help those transitioning from military service to um a, a smoother transition here in life and also those who may be um, dealing with other issues such as PTSD or emotional issues can have likewise peer support uh, from fellow veterans and some active duty participants. There is an article that was um, uh, posted uh, I don't have it today but I'll make a post about that for you guys later on the Aurora American Legion Post number 84 meets at 1 East Benton Street, which is the old Aurora Public Library. That's their headquarters. Uh, the Aurora American Legion Post 84 was named after, the Roosevelt was named after uh, Teddy Roosevelt's son, who was killed in action flying over the Eastern Front in World War One. That is your history lesson for the day. The time is now 8.34 a.m. Okay. So trick-or-treating. Trick oh, no, hold on. Vapes. We could do trick-or-treating. Yeah, let's we do, do vapes. Trick-or-treating. We'll, we'll come back to vapes. Yeah, y'all go trick-or-treating. Different treats for different, different age groups. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't put know, no don't. vapes in. No, don't do that. Yeah, okay. Remember when we were kids? Here's some cigarettes, kid. Yeah, don't do that. No. Remember when we were kids and they were uh, and people were like, people are going to put drugs and kids trick-or-treat? No. Drugs are very expensive. No one's going to just, like, give that to a kid. Like, right. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, right. Four grams? Are you serious? Yeah, kid? have candy. Yeah. <laughs> that is Tootsie Rolls are way cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right? Like, who's doing that? <laughs> All right. Um, so, 
Halloween is going on. There's a number of events that are going to be held to come up, excuse me, held coming up to celebrate Halloween in downtown Aurora. Mm -hmm. So you're not just limited to trick-or-treating on yep. Sunday. You have um, options. Today, the free Monster, Monster Mash Bash is going to be held for students in 6th through 12th grade from 2.45 to 6 p.m. at Alive Center on 78 South LaSalle Street. Gabriel Bradford, what's up? Addie Rubio, what's happening? And fellow Rotarian, come on. I mean, you know what? <laughs> oh, he's got big feels today. Guys. No, I'm just playing. Big feels. All right, yeah. Um, <laughs> and Casey Chitwood, good morning to all of you guys. No registrations required for that. Costumes are encouraged, but not required. Uh, the Monster Mash Bass will also include pumpkin painting, a caramel apple bar. Damn. Whoa, uh, I kind of want to go to this now. Wait, is there an age limit on this? Yeah. They'll be like, how old are you, sir? I'm, I'm four. <laughs> um, I got on, Benjamin Button syndrome. Yep. On Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, there's a lot going on. Um, Trick-or-treating will be held from 1 to 3 p.m. Let me repeat. Trick-or-treating is going to be held from 1 to 3 p.m. at participating downtown merchants. This is Saturday. Yep. Saturday. Um, the event hosted by the Aurora Downtown Group will feature dozens of participating businesses. This event is free and open to all ages. Costumes are required for treats. Uh, there is a map of participating businesses as well. From 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., the Alive Center is going to host Pet Parade from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And the event will include free hot dogs food vendors, pet treats, tattoos, art activities, a petting zoo, a pumpkin decorating contest, a photo booth, costume Man. contest, face painting, and more. Uh, word up. So and then that's from, a whole bunch of things. And then from 5 p.m. to midnight, um, the Halloween Phantom of the Opera Masquerade Party will be held at French 75 Gallery. Uh, the event is for those who are 21 years and older. The cost is $40 per person, and it includes one drink and... Hors d'oeuvres. Mm -hmm. Sexy. I do like to reserve a spot, call 630-340-5675. That number again is 630-340-5675. The time is now 8.37 a.m. So and then actual trick-or-treating, like out in the neighborhoods and all that, is what, 4 to 7? 4 to 7 on Sunday. So I question, question for the chat folks, because I feel like we have touched on two very important issues here. One is, what's the cutoff date, like what's the cutoff age for trick-or-treaters? Like, when do you stop giving out candy? Like, if I show up at your door uh, and I'm wearing a costume, do I get candy? It's very important, very important. Also, if you would like to brag about uh, if you are handing out particularly good candy this year, uh, put it in the chat, right? Because right. like, everybody goes to Towner Place, but there are more neighborhoods in this town than Downer Place to go trick-or-treating. So if your neighborhood like brings it, like l let us know. Let us know in the chat so we can take the kiddos to various spots. I will put on a costume. You can give me candy. Uh, it will be great. Uh, also, are you a costume requiring household? Like if a little kid shows up and he's not... I mean, I assume that kids didn't come, but like, you know, some people are like way more like stingy, I feel like, like you gotta really bring it with the costumes. So I wanna know, I wanna know, where where am I going? Who's bringing the good candy? How it can a 37 year old person <laughs> trick or treat at your house? Um, I- Put it in the chat. I, um, <laughs> I, I think that we, 
What are yeah? What are your feelings? My feelings are because I never get trick or treaters in my neighborhood, so it doesn't matter, right? I don't, I don't know if anybody ever comes to your door. No one ever comes to my door. Um, you know, one of the things about trick or treating is that I, after a while, I just leave the candy out there. I'm not really tripping. I'm not, you know, if you're 20 right. and you want a Snickers bar, just go ahead. But um, <laughs> it's fine. It's I really want, fine. The biggest thing for me is that you only get the prescribed amount. Yeah. Like, you're not like doing a whole one. handful of joint. You're not, yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, though, once it gets towards the end, I just you're leave just the candy out there. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. leave it out there. Y'all could take it. I always just leave it out there because, A, like, if it sits in my house, I'm going to eat all of it in one sitting, probably. <laughs> I have a little bit of, like, some control issues. <laughs> but I eat candy. Issues. I eat candy but, a lot. Yeah. When I... um. So I just put the bowl out. But sometimes, man, I put the bowl, I'll just put the bowl out there and it's still there by the end of the evening. Like nobody comes by. It's such a bummer. And I got the skeleton of, uh, I got my dad's skeleton sitting on my front porch and everything all dressed up. Like, so we're, we're good to go. But man, sometimes people just don't, they just don't show up. Um, now you guys, uh, you can send us good places to, um, to trick or treat, you can also drop the uh, this is totally digits on your credit card and the number on the bag That's and right. the expiration date too. That's right. All of this All is that, totally you know we can, uh, self indulgent right now. We so, just want to know right. where we're <laughs> going. Facts. Okay. So um, next is vaping. Next A is vaping. point that has caused mild consternation. Consternation was the word of the day. What was that? Wednesday? I feel like that's a pretty... Uh, no, that, was that yesterday? Yesterday. That was yesterday. I that's feel right. like that's a pretty... Uh, we. I feel like we've come back to consternation a couple of times. On I use it a lot. Over the day. Like, I use I feel it like all the time. A, I am often... I use it when people call me up with an attitude. I said I want... So. Are you, is this consternation I'm getting on this phone? <laughs> well, hang up. Okay. Um, so tell us about vapes. Yeah. So uh, the what I have to tell you is that there's still no news on them. So the uh, and that's the news. So the city council, <laughs> you'll remember a few months ago. Um, Let me decipher that credit card. <laughs> Greg Ellsbury. <laughs> Grace Cornell, good looking now. Grace Cornell put a link in the chat. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. She no, put a link in the chat about. If Grace is putting uh, a link in the chat. Trick or treat age limits. All need to no, no. Thank you. No. Let me decipher that credit card. I'm going to use that. (laughs) Decipher that. If I am in a costume, I want candy. (laughs) All I'm saying. Um, No. So, uh, yeah, six months ago, the city council was like, maybe if we have three vape shops in a single strip mall maybe that's too many vape shops question mark and so they were looking at restrictions like trying to figure out if they can like whether or not they should put restrictions on how many uh like vape shops like how far away they have to be from each other uh and uh that was six months ago and so uh on tuesday night they approved uh, extending that moratorium because they, they were like, so, uh, we're going to study this issue and then come back and, and they, uh, I don't know what happened. But we're extending that deadline for another 30 days to figure out um, if we're going to put limits on on how far we're going to put a, put vape shops from each other. And I'm a little like, what? Um, I'm a, I'm, first of all, like there's so there's a, a healthy debate that could be had over whether or not cities should be limiting quote unquote free enterprise, right? Like if you think that you can make money 
as a business owner with a like at, have, like running a vape shop right next door to another vape shop. I mean, I guess I, I sort of question your business acumen, but also if you think you can do it, like you have that right, generally speaking, in, in our, you know, to put up your business where to put your mattress store across the street from another mattress store. That's allowed, even if it's also your mattress store, whatever. Um, but uh, so, but generally in uh, in Aurora and in many cities, we put limits, zoning limits on um, how many uh, certain stores or how far you have to be from other stores of the same kind if they're particularly stores that we just don't want to see that much of. So like uh, video gambling, um, right? Like those little the old ladies go play in the slot machines and eat their little sandwiches and have drinks. Um, or uh, uh, marijuana dispensaries or uh, like currency exchanges slash uh, payday loan stores, right? Like we just don't want to see that many of them. So we put limits on them. So um, I don't know. In, in Aurora, typically uh, it, the, those stores have to be a half mile away from each other. Um, I don't know why it's taking six months plus 30 days for them to take this law uh, that we have on the books already and just like add the word vape shop. But um, there, there you have it. So I don't know. What do you like? What do you think? Like, because there's other ways to... In theory, in theory, if you have uh, a commercial center that is thriving in a neighborhood that is thriving, you're not going to see a lot of currency exchanges slash uh, um, payday loan stores slash vape shops slash like kind of dingy liquor stores, right? Because if you're in a like a healthy uh, commercial center, the rents are a little bit higher, like the folks are making more money, they're not the target, um, uh, not the target businesses. Um, so you can approach it that way, right? And just say, well, we'll just develop our way out of having these kinds of less than desirable businesses. Or you could just put, put limits and say like, no, you're not allowed to have that many. We'd rather have a vacant storefront than have a vape shop in there. So I don't know, what do you think? City officials have been looking at regulating locations of the stores since three, pay attention people. Since three vaping shops located in the same strip mall in the Ninth Ward, the alderman from that ward, Edward Bug, who chairs the council's Rules, Administration, and Procedures Committee, first pointed out the situation, and the council responded with the moratorium on new licenses to study how close the city might want such shops. Just like that. Just I, like. I just don't understand why just it would like take that. That's so amazing. Long. That's amazing. Anyway, uh, Alderman on the RAP committee voted last week to hold the location question for two weeks at the committee. I don't... You know why it is? I'll tell you why it is. Listen. Aurora... This is not in the article, people. Aurora is a town that still has and maintains an old Mayberry taboo disposition not the word of the day but it maintains an old school disposition on such things mm -hmm. that's the reason why so it's a town that's diverse and it's hip but 70% of the people that you ask find pot shops you know a, a slippery slope right we're, mm -hmm. we're headed that's the way you start going to hell vape shops are also in there so I 
Now these are my words and no one else's. I would I would bet my last dollar that Alderman Bugg's constituency mm -hmm. probably does not want to see any vape shops forever. Yeah, so you think this is more of like a pearl And he's not kind tripping. It yeah. can it can that it can buffer forever. Yeah. And ever and ever. Like you think they're just gonna let this moratorium go on forever and never actually make a decision. Look at the bird. Look mm. at the bird. This is some Yeah. Yeah. That's kinda, like, all it is. So like that's just, all just make is. a decision, right? Just either put the rule in or, or don't. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just put the rule in or don't. But I'm saying, like it's, but basically, it, that's don't territory. Right. That's if, don't. If, so like, like that, that if is we don't. can just have the moratorium go like forever, then we don't have any new vape shops come in, right? As opposed to putting the limit on and saying, well, you have to. They have to be half a mile away from each other. Hey, so look, I lost. Where was that? Where was that piece there. of paper? What's it called? Vape shops? Oh man, we. You know what? Oh, we. Oh, we're gonna. You know, we're gonna have to extend this conversation. Just, come on. Yeah. <laughs> that's, see, that's the thing. That's why I'm so happy today. That's why I'm so happy today. Because that's how they do you in court. Mm -hmm. Right? You come back six months. You paid your lawyer X amount of money. For what? A continuance. That's how, that's, that's how it goes. You guys know that. Greg Ellsberg, y'all know that. Come on. You, <laughs> if you are a fan, listen, if you are a fan, listener, viewer, or subscriber of Good Morning Aurora, you are, you are in the upper echelons of... Uh, the in, knowledge an of how you citizenry. are woke and informed. You already know how it goes. We're not giving you the secrets of fire here. You know, <laughs> y'all already know how it is. Things that people want and by people, those who can make things happen, it gets done. It gets done. That's how you can get $2.3 million and still be closed. <laughs> the time is now. What time is it now? 8.48 a.m. Okay. So... Um, what else we got? Uh, Monica, can you take us to a commercial, give us a couple of joints, and, uh, yeah. All right, I'm going to try again so my fellow friends can be happy at me. So good morning, everyone. Don't forget to please subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all of our content. There you can also watch all of our interviews and receive notifications when, you, when we go live. And I'll be sharing that link once again in our chat. This evening from 5.30 to 7.30, which this happened yesterday, the Community Health Worker Table Talk. That did, uh, for cancer awareness. Mm -hmm. that, that did. Shout out to... Awesome. Alrighty, so here's something new. Bardwell Residence, located at 63 South Broadway, will be featuring cocktails and conversation. This will be on Friday, November 12th from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Cocktails and mingling will be there and come see what Bardwell is all about. To RSVP, you can call 630-892-5790. Kane County United presents the Aurora Affordable Housing Forum. This will be an online event. The flyer has been shared to our social media and contains QR codes to scan. This will take place November 7th at 2.30 p.m. Registration is required, and I will be sharing that link on our chat as well. Thank you, Grace. The articles, be happy and hand over the Snickers. That is right. That, 
I like word like, like just like I trick or treating is actually one of my favorite um, like things on the calendar every year because we live in a society where nobody knows their neighbors anymore where everybody is like worried worried about themselves right uh, and and fair enough because capitalism does not bring out our best and most cooperative side and yet once a year we decide that randomly you can just you or your, your kids can just go randomly knocking on neighbors doors and instead of being like what do you want kid you're greeted by an adult who's like here have candy you're so adorable like check out that cool costume and people decorate and they do all it's just very nice it i just is. i just it's the best of our it, thing it like annual yeah because like thanksgiving okay thanksgiving's great but like you're gathering around the table with the people who are obligated to be nice to you right because they're your family and you're all supposed to get together and be nice but there's like this sense of obligation to it because they're like people that you're supposed to like care about but like with um with with thing with uh halloween with the trick-or-treating it's like random stranger here enjoy this thing and i just love that yeah, um, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's coming up right around the corner, you guys. So uh, get ready for that. Get ready for well, you know. Except I think that by this year, by thanks, like I, I think every family that was going to be tourists under by uh, the political atmosphere has already done that, and everyone's Thanksgivings are going to just be a lot smaller this year because your crazy Uncle Bob is just not. Like, y'all just aren't going to be at the same table, right? right. How's, the how's the turkey, Uncle Jim? It was fine if the Democrats didn't stop the steal. And, huh? Right, right. I think that... That was no insurrection? I think that that was all last year, and none of that is happening this year. Maria right? Chorito, good morning to you. That, that faction of their families. All of you wonderful, wonderful people out there. Uh, happy to see all you guys. Okay, right. uh, moving on with the uh, tiff. Uh, tiff with the news for the day. Yes, go ahead. All right, let's talk TIF district. So the city just voted to close uh, the downtown TIF district, and you're like, "What's well, a downtown TIF district?" Uh, and I'm glad you asked. We've uh, we've talked about TIFs before, so uh, TIF is an acronym that means tax increment financing, and it, and it's basically this tool that is either a really excellent tool when used uh, properly uh, for bringing development to blighted areas or areas that might otherwise become blighted. Uh, or it can be used uh, to provide massive tax incentives for uh, your politically connected developer friends. Uh, either one, uh, and it can really go either way. I've seen them. I've seen them go both ways. Um, but uh, in downtown, we established a TIF in downtown where we established a TIF district back in 1986, uh, and uh, TIF districts. The way that they work is you like the basically the the people the developers in the TIF district so they pay the same amount they pay all their taxes uh, on the property as they develop the property and the property gets to be worth more money over time as you develop it uh, but the same amount of tax money goes into all the city coffers and all of the all of the different taxing bodies like the school districts and libraries and things like that and then you create this this additional tax increment right because your property values went up and then that money gets kind of funneled back into the redevelopment of the area so it makes the area um it, it gives them some additional funding opportunities to bring more development to a specific um uh, district or area uh, in the case of downtown it's basically all of benton north so um 
what the city has done is taken a different tact. So we established this TIF district back in 1986, um, and now we're letting it close. Uh, but instead, what we've done is established all of these mini TIF districts, which is really f like uh, kind of a, a new strategy um, around here, where the TIF district, instead of being the entire downtown and everybody who lives in the or everybody who uh, tries to develop in the downtown has access to all of these incentives uh, and also all of the tax money uh, gets diverted to these development projects. Um, the TIF the mini TIF districts will be like a single building or a single block. Um, so a uh, different strategy uh, which has kind of helped with the development of things like um, I don't want to misspeak here, but some of the some of the development projects that you're seeing in the downtown, like the Hobbs and, and all of that. I'm not sure if the Hobbs is one, but we have we have several now. Um, so, but what I want to talk about is the closing of this this previous TIF district, which and and talk about whether or not this thing was actually worth it, because uh, what happens is when you build these TIF districts the amount of property tax that goes to your different taxing bodies, so the amount of property tax that goes to your library, that goes to your schools, um, that all stays flat for like decades because while the rest of the money, tax money that is generated in the neighborhood gets funneled back into development. So uh, in 1986, when this thing was opened, all of downtown, like all of the properties in downtown uh, were valued at $5.71 million. So you could buy everything in downtown for just shy of six million bucks. So now- um, Man, I would've pulled up on shit. Right, just make it rain, right? Um, so now, uh, down- What street is this? Curtis Street. <laughs> So now the downtown is worth uh, $23.91 million or, or tw about $24 million. So <clears throat> it's a 319% increase in value, which sounds huge, right? It sounds like a lot of money. Like, oh my God, this thing was very successful. Look at how much money that we like, like how much development has gone into the downtown over this time, like in terms of property values. Kind of, except that on average in the U.S., um, housing value, like property values for um, like people's average home values uh, went up by 311%. So uh, because like property in this country has just continued to like go up by like leaps and bounds. Now, yes, I know commercial property and home values are not the same thing, but I just had to be, pull like an easy number to kind of give you like a sense of scale, right? Like property goes up a lot and um, so this TIF district beat that average by a couple percentage points, but not like a huge, like crazy amount. So it's sort of like the question is, did this TIF district and pouring, like keeping this money that might have otherwise gone to the school districts, did it actually, and, and the, the libraries and all of that, did it actually do anything in terms of really developing the downtown? Um, and, and that's kind of like, yeah, question mark because on the one hand people would say look this probably all would have developed um without any of these incentives for rebuilding these buildings but also uh the other side would say maybe none of this would have happened and maybe the downtown would have continued to crumble and deteriorate and um 
we it, and it would just be completely blighted and sad looking and nobody would be going to downtown Aurora like they did not go to downtown Aurora back in 1986. Uh, it's hard to tell because um, one of the things that's sort of missing from all the documentation around the closing of the TIF district uh, in the city's, uh, you know, uh, in their packet for their meeting was uh, any of the projects that benefited from the from the TIF money. Like, there's no list of like we gave an incentive of this much money to this building and that sort of thing, which is a little bit of a bummer because I would have really liked to see how like where sort of how all this money shook out. Like, did it all go into building to these beautiful rain gardens and things in downtown Aurora, or did it? Actually actually go into individual projects ah, would love to know um so uh but in any case we're shifting from like uh, the shift from this one giant tiff district closing this thing to all of these little mini tiff districts that are on individual blocks means that by closing this tiff district now um the tax revenue that was going back into development is now going back into the schools and the libraries and blah 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 so the result of that will be uh, from now on West Aurora will be getting another $350,000 a year in tax revenue. Uh, East Aurora will be getting another half a million, um, and uh, which is great. That's the whole point of a TIF district is if we pour money into the development of this small area for uh, 20, 30 years uh, and we build a lot of value in that property, then at the end of that 20, 30 years, then uh, we have a lot more tax money to go around to all of the different districts. So that's good. It's, but like whether or not this this particular district actually did anything, question mark. Other TIF districts uh, that you uh, that exist in this area that you don't recognize might be um, like the the um, the outlet mall. So that was originally just swampland, right? And they established a TIF that allowed them to put a lot of development money back into building this outlet mall. Now the outlet mall generates an awful lot of income, which it did not generate, but prior to being um, marsh land before um, before its development. Uh, so that's generally considered a very successful um, TIF district, unless you're a really big fan of marshes, which I am. Uh, I also am a fan of getting deals shopping, so that's fine. But uh, yeah. Um, the time is now 9 a.m. What were we going to say for uh, And I was just going to say an example of a, a probably a, a, a TIF district that is not uh, maybe what it was designed to do initially was there are TIF districts that have been uh, pretty abused on like State Street in downtown Chicago, like right along Mag Mile, like those really like really, really wealthy uh, commercial areas, right? Um, where that money basically became like these were not blighted areas that they were fixing. So that's a, an example of this TIF district was to, um, was basically designed to put more money back into the developer, uh, into the developer's pocket, rather than um, actually building up the neighborhood. So I see. Yes, um, tips districts are challenging. We hope that you all enjoyed the show today. I hope that you guys have a blessed and a fun weekend. Uh, I hope that you enjoy trick or treating and all the activities that are taking place uh, in our wonderful city this weekend. Don't forget. Um, to support uh, the Alive Center and all of their activities. They have a lot of things going on coming up very soon. Um, and I want you guys to understand that everything that we do uh, is to the benefit of you. That rhymed. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> tomorrow there's a great piece of uh, or a great piece of news, but an event happening. Sage Crest 
Family Fest. Uh, this just came across our desk right now. It's presented by the City of Aurora Community Services Engagement Team. 827 North Lake Street in the back parking lot from noon to 3 p.m. Uh, Aurora, or excuse me, APD Chief Keith Cross is going to be there. Uh, there'll be raffle prizes for children and adults. Spider-Man will be there as well. And you can see if you qualify for a free Sky Elite tablet. Uh, bring the whole family out for music, fun, yeah, music, fun, and food. Uh, there's going to be a bounce house and free pizza, hot dogs, and hamburgers. Um, so this is going to be absolutely wonderful, and I hope that you guys uh, can take part in that and enjoy it. So All many right. things happening this weekend. Um, so many things. That is it for the day. It have, is now 9 a.m. Have good candy. Yep. Pass out um, the candy. 100 grand bars. That's right. Got my jam. All of you guys. Next year, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up from Christmas. Yeah, that's cool. We're almost there. New Year's <laughs> Eve and all that. Oh, my goodness. On January 1st, everything is going to start awesome things, absolutely wonderful things, things that you have never seen before. We appreciate all of you fans, listeners, subscribers for tuning in and checking us out. Uh, our two-year anniversary location has been secured, so get ready for that. 98 more years to go. Uh, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. <laughs> Take care of yourself and each other. Adios, Aurora.